This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, as you turn that, turn to that passage of Scripture, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9, we'll look at in just a moment. Some of you have asked um, uh, me and others uh, concerning Miss Betty Williams, Miss Betty uh, who was in church last Sunday. She visited my office on Monday. I uh, had a massive stroke on Tuesday. Uh, she is in Hope Hospice in um, Fort Myers at uh, Health Park. Uh, Michelle has been going there and has been going each day. Um, Kathy and I and Erica have had the children each day. Um, I have discovered something, Paul. Children will play all day, go home at night, sleep, come back the next day fully charged. But 63-year-olds or 4-year-olds, whatever I am, we go to sleep, we get up in the morning, we're not fully charged. But they are. And I think we saw some evidence of a lot of them fully charged this morning. Children are that way, aren't they? Praise the Lord for that. But continue to remember Miss Betty, remember her daughter Karen. She also has a son named um, Kenny, Kenny, and uh, also uh, Michelle, of course, and uh, Michelle's brothers Bobby and Jimmy, um, and just keep them uh, in your prayers. Uh, as we look at our passage of Scripture this morning, um, Words. The title of my message, I didn't get it in the bulletin this morning, but talk is not cheap. Talk is not cheap. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, Paul is just, again, trying to get us to understand the power of speech. If you are standing before a judge and he is getting ready to tell you if you're going to spend years in jail or you're going to get probation. You're waiting to hear those words, and you're paying attention. If a doctor is getting ready to come into your room because you have had some tests, and you're waiting to hear what he says, you especially are listening to try to make sure you catch every word that he has to say. The power of speech Sometimes there are some very important things that need to be said or delivered. We might, not like, we might not like what we hear sometimes, but the power of speech. But what Paul is trying to bring out in this passage of Scripture is the way God uses speech and the instrument of speech and how it should be, how it should be presented. Now, If you've ever done a study on the book of James, and I know many of you have read the book of James in the New Testament, James talks about the tongue, and he compares it to a bridle, to a rudder, a fire, a poisonous animal, a fruitless tree, a fountain. And and as you hear those names or those descriptions of the tongue, you can also in your life sometimes there there are individuals they just like to talk, don't they? There are individuals in our world today they they like to talk. 
and they're talking and they're talking and, and they're talking and, and, and they're talking and, and you just know that how it's going to be. Then there's other individuals that if you get a word out of them, you've done good. But usually, which one do you listen to? As we think about that this morning, and we think of this passage of Scripture, <coughs> excuse me, Paul is showing us the importance of speech. So let's look at Colossians chapter 4, beginning with verse 2. It says, devote yourself to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in change, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Well, verse 7. Tick, tick, tickiest. No, I ain't yet. I I got it in the first service. A guy named Ty there. Uh, Our dearly loved brothers, faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are, and so that he may be an encouragement to your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, a faithful and dearly loved brother, who is one of you, and they will tell you about everything here. As we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, and as we consider it, I I want us to see, as we think about what Paul, where was Paul? Paul was in prison. Paul had written this letter and others to different churches because he was concerned about them. And so in this passage of Scripture, he is talking about prayer. He's talking about the importance of prayer. He's talking about speech. He's talking about how we communicate with people today. Prayer is, is a wonderful thing. I think sometimes we miss out on prayer because we do not practice it enough. Sometimes we use it as an emergency. Sometimes we use it if we have time. But prayer is a gift from God, something that I believe Paul is saying here to this early church. He said prayer must be faithful. We need to be faithful in our prayers. We need to be continuous in our prayer. We need to be steadfast in our prayer. Be devoted. Don't quit. Many times, like I said, we pray on occasion, but we need to see the importance of prayer. It should be a constant fellowship with God. That is the reason we pray, so that we can be in that constant fellowship with God, so that prayer is a normal part of our life, where it's like, do you, right this minute, do you, guess, do you have to tell yourself, breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, you're not telling yourself to breathe, you're just breathing, right? Wouldn't that be a lovely, breathe, breathe, you know? Well, what about prayer? It should be something that is just automatic, that something that, that we don't have to tell ourselves to do, but something that we want to do. 
Someone said, well, can you wear God out from praying? I don't think so. God is God is there. God wants us to be faithful in our prayers to Him. He wants us to continue to, to bring things to Him. He also, though, in our praying, He wants us to be watchful. He, as, as the Scripture said, devote yourself to prayer. Stay alert. We must be awake. We need to be alert as we pray. Now, I remember in the book of Nehemiah, as, as Nehemiah was instructing uh, the men that was under him, they were rebuilding the wall or the gates of Jerusalem. And there, you know, anytime you take on a building project, there are those who, uh, who are opposed to it. And there were people even opposed to rebuild the gate of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah had told them, he said, I want you to have a sword in one hand and an instrument to repair the wall in the other, and I want you to be in a state of prayer. Now, I thought about that. I have a hard time sometimes walking and carrying a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, you give me a cup of coffee and tell me to walk, it's going to be on me, the sidewalk, and everything else. I mean, that's just, right? Amen. Amen. That's right. So here, Nehemiah said, I want you to have a sword in one hand, uh, and uh, a shovel in the other, and I want you to be a state of prayer. Boy, that's some, some talented people. But, you know, at the same time, be alert. You might think, well, why, why be alert? You ever feel like there's more going on in this world than we recognize? We need to be more alert. We need to be more concerned and, and, and looking around us and, and seeing the things that are truly there. We need to be on alert and watchful because in doing so, I think it would even cause us to pray more because we start seeing things like God. The things that are happening in the night, the things that are happening that a lot of people think, you know, people don't even see me. Sometimes we're seeing, or sometimes people said, well, if you're going to do something and want to get away from it, just do it right there in front of them because they, they, sometimes they're just oblivious to what's right there in front of them. We need to see that, that we need to be praying with a watchful eye. And, and, and this is what Paul had instructed them. He also said you need to be, also in your praying needs to be thankful. You know, most Wednesday nights I ask those that are here, do you have something to be thankful for? And a lot of times people said, preacher, why do you do that? You know we're thankful. Well, I do it because I think it's important that every one of us, including myself, stop and think, what are we thankful for? We say we're thankful. But sometimes, we, you know, if we stop and think about it, it makes it more deliberate. It makes it to where it makes us think, and you say, you know, I have more to be thankful about than I realize. And it, 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 I believe, brings us into the proper focus that we need to see that God is there. There's always so much to be thankful for. We, we, we need to, to know that. Look at Paul. Paul was in prison. But he was thankful for the opportunity to write these letters to churches. Some of them he hadn't been to. Some he had. But some of them he hadn't been to. But he was thankful. But also in our praying, we ought to be 
purposeful. In other words, praying for us also. Paul here, you know, he was in, he was in prison. And, and, and he was basically saying, Lord, I know I can't go to him, but give me ministry. Give me something that I can do. Now, he was in prison, but he could write letters. Now, do you remember the days? I know. Do you remember? When is the last time you received a full written letter in the mail? Got one this week, anybody? Not a paragraph. I mean a full couple-page letter in the mail. You got one from the Jehovah Witness? Okay. All right, you're on the list. Okay. Okay. When we used to do that, some of you can remember it. Some of you have never done it. I mean, just because of age, you know. Okay. But some of you, years ago, you would write letters. Maybe it was a love letter. Maybe it was a, a letter to express uh, welcome to the community. But in writing a letter that's more in the paragraph, but writing a letter that maybe is a page or two page takes thought, doesn't it? takes concentration. It takes effort. I, re- I, re- I remember when school teachers would say, okay, class, today we're going to write a paragraph. The kids would moan and groan, and it's like that teacher is just the meanest person because writing a paragraph. We don't do that anymore. I remember when kids had to do their first paper. Oh. Can it be double space? Can I have inch margins? I don't know if I can write anything that long. It takes effort. But Paul had a purpose, didn't he? And his purpose was real to him. It it wasn't a sales pitch. It was something that he was convicted about. It was something that was real to him. It was something that he was taking every moment and every fiber of his being to put it on paper so that those other churches would have that help or instrument or that direction or whatever they needed. He had a purpose. What is our purpose in prayer? The purpose in prayer is that we should be communicating with God, communicating with him. And and that purpose is that we would communicate with God like it was just second nature and we'd be able to pick up where we left off and continue in that relationship. So one of the things Paul was telling this early church through his message, he he said prayer is so important. But the second thing is, is to proclaim the word of God. Paul, in those prison doors, could have said, my ministry's over, but it wasn't for him. In some ways, it was just beginning fresh and anew. Sometimes we take ourselves out of ministry because we think ministry is over for us. You say, preacher, I can't go door to door anymore. I I can't get in my car. But there's still things that we can do. We all know people in this church who might be limited physically, but they can write a card, put a stamp on an envelope, and make sure you have a birthday greeting on your birthday. 
You see, there are people who are still proclaiming the word in their own way. And that's what Paul was trying to remind this church. We need to proclaim the word of God like we've never done before. You see, there were Jews in this area, but there were also Gentiles. And guess what? The Jews got upset because Paul's word wasn't just for them, but it was also for the Gentiles. The word of God, who is it for? It is for everyone. It is for everyone. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, it's not just for us. It is for the poor. It is for the rich. It is for everyone. And we need to make sure that we sometimes don't stand in the way and say, well, preacher, you're wasting your time. God says, proclaim the word. And that's what Paul was doing through this. He was proclaiming the word of God. And that is also what we need to do today. Is to continue to proclaim God's word. When John Bunyan was arrested for preaching illegally and put into prison, he was told that he would be released if he promised to stop preaching. And he said, if I'm out of prison today, he replied, I will preach the gospel again tomorrow by the help of God. Guys, we need to be consistent. We need to be regular. We need to be out there. We need to be that witness. We need to be proclaiming God's word. Now, as I said in the beginning, talk is not cheap. There's a lot of words, a lot of speeches, a lot of... A lot of words, language, messages that are being put out there. I cringe every time I look and see that one more person has joined the race to be president. I think we're up to, I don't know, too many. I just think of all the words, all the rhetoric, all the speeches. A lot of things are going to be said. Is it going to be truth? Is it going to be endo-endo? Is it going to be hype? You know, you, you think of all those things. And, and what happens when we just keep hearing these things and there's no value to it? We need to see that the word of God needs to be proclaimed. Charles Spurgeon once took a pastor around his tabernacle where he preached. And he was showing this pastor the different parts of the tabernacle. And he said, but come with me. I'm going to take you down in the basement area. He said, I want to show you where the power is to this place. Well, this pastor wasn't really sure what Charles Spurgeon was getting ready to show him, but he took him down and it basically was a mini auditorium down in the basement area. He said, this is where the power comes from. This minister looked, he said, because he said, each time I'm preaching up there in the main auditorium, there are hundreds down here praying for what I'm saying up there. He said, that's where the power comes from. It's not from my preaching. It's from people on their knees praying. We need to see today that we need to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us in fresh and anew. We need to let the truth of God's word. People have heard us hundreds of times, but they need to hear the word of God. 
We need to also realize that we need a witness to the loss. Paul, in his letters, not only was speaking to the Jews, but he was speaking to the Gentiles, and that upset some. And even in our world today, people said, Preacher, why are we doing this? And why are we spinning over here? We need to see that if there's someone who is lost, they need to hear the word of God. We need to walk wisely and share our daily lives. People need to hear the truth. The people need to hear God's word. You are blessed today because you have a Bible. Some of you have more than one Bible. But do you know for some people, you are their Bible? In other words, there are people today who do not have a Bible. But they look at you as a child of God, a Christian, and they watch you. And they determine from you, does that say that in the Bible? You see, that's why we've got to be careful. We need to walk wisely in God's word. We need to walk with wisdom. Walking wisely. We can walk, but we've got to walk wisely in the word of God. We've got to conduct ourselves in daily life. People are watching us and, and, and they're, they're not sure. You know, in the, in the world that we live in today, if a pastor moves to another church... That pastor knows that he is going to be asked for them to do a background check on him. And they'll probably even do fingerprints, check his fingerprints and and do all those type of things. That's just the world that we live in today. But one pastor, he moved from Chicago area and and, uh, moved to a church in Atlanta. And this pastor was moving there to Atlanta and and, you know, the members had heard all these good things. Well, one of the members, or, uh, well, he wasn't a member, but he had been going there, and he said, no one can be that good. And so, listen to this. He hired, he hired a private detective to follow this new preacher around and see if he was, quote, as good as he preached. Well, a month passed by and the private detective came back to this man and he said, this man is real. Everything he preaches, he does. He doesn't lie, he doesn't cheat. And this man that hired him and just thought to himself and then that next Sunday he went to church and he listened to him. And that night he got saved. You know, sometimes we, we need to see the importance of walking wisely and walking with wisdom but we need to do our work. We need, to, we need to do what God has called us to do. You see, if we're claiming to be a child of God, but then we don't pay our bills and we don't keep our promises, people look at us and they say, well, that's not in the Bible, is it? Well, no, it's not. You see, for some, we are their Bible, and we need to be walking wisely, and we need to walk with wisdom. We need to be those leaders. We need to be a good report. We also need to be careful before unbelievers. We need to be careful what we say and what we do. And we need to be that loving witness among them. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he spoke, he spoke with grace. He, he spoke with words to, to comfort and, and, and to, to, to help those people. We need to have grace in our hearts. We need to see that we need those things. Did you catch that passage of Scripture 
where it says, uh, what verse was it? Verse 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned, in my translation, with salt. What is salt? A preservative. You know, uh, maybe, I don't know if you want to tell your heart doctor that, but uh, uh, seasoned with salt. Salt was added as a preservative, as to, to keep things pure, to, to keep things in the, in the condition that they, they need to be. And, and the same way for us. Be gracious. Season. You know that uh, little phrase, know when to keep your mouth shut? Season. You know? How many times have we stuck our foot in our mouth? I've done it. Doesn't taste good. We need to be ready to give an answer. We need to be ready to share God's word. We need to, to, to be prepared. And then verses 7, 8, and 9. We need to be willing to share burdens. One of the reasons Paul sent these two individuals, they came from two different backgrounds. Onesimus had been a slave of Philemon. Paul wanted the people to hear from these two men, to see that life is real, that situations happen. And, 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 you know, we go through life and it's hard and it's difficult. And Paul wanted basically for these two men to testify and, and let people know that, that life is difficult. It has its moments, but we can get through, with, through them with Jesus Christ. Paul called these men beloved brothers, faithful ministers, fellow servants. You see, those are the things that we should be called where we are a beloved brother of the Lord, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant of helping other people. We need to encourage people. That's what Paul was trying to do in the church in Colossae was to inform them. He said, here's my situation. It's not the best, but I'm doing what I can. And here are two men that are sharing with you. We need to allow ourselves to be that witness. And in other words, let's make our words count. As I said before, there are those who would, that just love to talk. And then there are those who say very little. But we need to see that we need to Say what needs to be said according to the word of God. And, and, and we say, Lord, give me those words. David, in his prayer in Psalms 141, verse 3, says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep the door of my lips. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep a door of my lips, and don't let me say one thing I shouldn't say. But Lord, if there's something that I need to say, may I say it in your name. Let's pray. Lord, this morning I just pray that we would see that in our lives, talk is not cheap, but Lord, may we say the things that you would instruct us and give us. Lord, may we stay focused on your word, to see the need of prayer, to be focus and to share and to be faithful and willing in all that we do. 
For there is a message that needs to be proclaimed today. A message that some people have never heard. Or we think, well, people should have heard it already, but there are many who have not. And Lord, give us the ability to share the truth that could change someone's life. Lord, we thank you in your son's name. Amen.